Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and we'd like to thank everyone for tuning into another episode. We uh, always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as usual, we're sponsored by Rube's Brews. Please check them out on Facebook and or Instagram. I think they have some upcoming news. You should uh, go ahead and check them out. Um, well, show today, I am uh, not on the road like I have been, I want to say, the last three or four episodes. I am actually back at, at my apartment. I'm feeling cozy, feeling warm. It's about to get cold outside, but um, part of the reason that I'm feeling so uh, warm and, 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 uh, and, and good today is because I have, um, I would say, somebody that's probably well-known here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth community, but uh, he's somebody that uh, I've actually known for, for quite a while. I know that uh, sometimes I can have people on that I'm just meeting, but, um, you know, in full disclosure, uh, this is somebody that I've talked to uh, quite a bit, uh, and he's getting to become uh, more of a regular around the Star Centers, uh, specifically uh, uh, Ulyss and Mansfield, and he's also the head coach of the uh, uh, University of North Texas. Oh, I'm sorry, what, what, what is your, what, what are the Eagles? Eagles. Mean Green Eagles. Okay, see, I should have asked that. But anyway, I kind of gave a little tip there, but uh, our guest today is uh, David Heaps. Heaps, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I see, I meant to ask you about the, 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 the mascot beforehand, and I, I had it in my brain, and I knew that it was some sort of a, a green flying uh, thing, but uh, <laughs> I hope you forgive me because, uh, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning down here. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, hey, um, first off, I, I just wanted to say thanks for uh, coming uh, to my apartment. I, I kind of always feel like... Um, uh, I enjoy the ones that I do here. I get to kind of feel comfortable. And instead of me driving, I have somebody else uh, do the driving. So you really, uh, you saved me a little bit of time, but uh, I hope you feel comfortable in, in my space. Do you feel comfortable, David Heaps? Yeah, I feel good. Okay, well, I'm glad that you do. Well, um, Heaps, I, I think that we should start off this show um, kind of the same way that we start off all of the shows. And I think that we should talk about, because uh, you've played hockey for quite some time, I kind of want to get into how that started, um, but this is kind of like before you actually step on the ice. So uh, can you kind of walk us through, because um, are, are you from the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, area originally? Yeah, I am born and raised in Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay, so you, so, so you are a product of Texas hockey. Yeah. Okay, well, how did it start? Uh, I think most like every, uh, every kid in the area, uh, watching the Dallas Stars, you know, playing street hockey with his neighbor kids and... You know, just having a ball, and then finally, when the Star Center started opening up more rinks, uh, Ulysses and Duncanville were the main rinks when I first started playing, and went from roller hockey, from slap shot to Ulysses Star Center. Yeah, well, hey, so so here's here's kind of a common thread because um, you're because not only are you from Dallas Fort Worth, but you're you're from because you know I'm from Mansfield. That's currently where we're recording, but. Mm -hmm. You are kind of in that, uh, I call it kind of like the Duncanville Mansfield crowd. I feel yeah. like, I feel like um, I'm, I'm learning as I go and the longer that, uh, the more time that I spend here is how close some of you guys were uh, before. Because I've only been here a few years, but um, can you kind of walk us through like what that, like b before you step on the ice, you're obviously into the stars, but what is your first uh, like official program? Like are you... Uh, a junior star? Are you? Uh, what is? What is that? Look so like? where, actually, where are you playing? 
So when I first started, I don't think they had like junior star programs and stuff like that. Really? That's a, that's how that's how old we are. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like like I said, you know, roller hockey was the big thing. Yeah, uh, in the area. So me and my two brothers played roller hockey in Slapshot in Arlington, and you know, one summer, or one year, my dad was, told me if I keep my grades up, he'll let me play ice hockey and. Ended up having the best school year. For yeah, yeah. You started uh, to pay attention. Yeah, I started paying attention in those classes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started playing ice, and it just kind of took off. Um, but I, I don't remember doing any rookie program or anything like that. I jumped right into, at that time, it was the Outback Steakhouse mm-hmm. um, House League. Really, and that's what it was. oh, so they spon- oh, so they probably sponsored the the house league, and that was the that was the thing. Yeah, um, and I went from there, and like you very rare- rarely traveled to other rinks. You had so many kids playing, right, right, right. So right. you could have a whole division just out of one rink. Well, I, I, yeah, well, at this point, when you say this with all the hockey parents that are listening now, they're going to be like, what? Like, we're traveling, which is also great. I mean, it, oh, yeah, it, it, so it, much it, it, it gets them used to things. But there are, there are times I think that we can both agree that, oh, I got to make a trip to, it's, it's a little bit of a drive to Frisco and to McKinney, McKinney yeah. and, and to Allen, if you ever get those Allen games in there. But the funny part is, is that when they come down to Mansfield, they make the same complaints. They're like, man, that was like pretty far. It's like, yeah, we we know. We also have to drive up. And we did do... this two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you kind of have, because um, I do feel like most of the guests that I have that uh, were from this area kind of had that thing where they had to, at some point, start to kind of travel a little bit, a little bit further, um, you know, because the rink in Mansfield did not already, or didn't always exist. And then you did have the rink, I believe, in, in Duncanville. Yeah. Um, but then after a while, you know, that's not around anymore. Um, so at, at what point are you starting to kind of have to travel outside of your, um, your little area, if you will? Yeah. So I think at about my second or third year playing ice is when I started having to really get out of the area. Uh, yeah. because, well, when I say get out of the area, um, it's further than what I <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but you know, when, um, my f- my f- second year playing travel, I was having to drive to Frisco, Stonebriar Mall for the Texas Aces. Right, three so, days a week. So that's close to an hour, if not further. More. Yeah, about an hour because before uh, Bush didn't go all the way to because it wasn't there or Dallas North Tollways. Yeah, I mean we had to go one twenty one and hit all the access roads before it was completely built, which took forever. So if you made it in an hour, you were lucky. And what, uh, sorry, and say that again, what, what program was this that you were playing? The uh, Texas Aces. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you're doing that. So at this point, your dad's like, hey, you better keep these grades up, or what, how does that work at this point? Because now, oh. now, now they're putting in uh, a little bit more time, but they also know that you're a little bit more serious about it, I'm assuming. Yeah, so it was, you know, it was a lot of, you know, keep the grades up and make sure you pass your driver's test. And, yeah, yeah, because you need to be driving yourself up here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The second... Second, I was sixteen. I was like, "All right, yeah, perfect. Let's get you driving." And I'm not driving. Comfortable. I'm not driving you around anymore. We're not doing this. Yeah, this is, not, <laughs> this is yeah, this is uh, this is wearing on me there. But uh, but but that but that's cool. Um um, but it, at this point, you're uh, you're driving up there quite a bit. Hockey's getting serious. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of uh, um, continue to play out your your competitive years? Um. So, <clears throat> my uh. 
so after the second year with the Aces, I, you know, wasn't really feeling the challenge of it. So I went to play uh, Western States for the Dallas Hawks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's honestly probably the biggest mistake. Well, okay. Like I was, but why, why do why do you say that? Also, so uh, yeah, Dallas Hawks. That was a uh, Western States. Yeah, that was the Western States League. Um, and it was the whole you know concept of oh, I got to play juniors. I got to play juniors to get yeah. Um, when I had the opportunity to play for Stars Elite, um, you know, I turned that down to stay with the junior team, which. Yeah biggest mistake because that was that was going to be a good year for me if i went with the elite but i stayed with the junior team i had a pretty decent year got a couple notifications and calls from um teams up in the manitoba league the yeah. northern ontario league mm -hmm. uh, where i ended up playing the year yeah after um well because because the best way and i, I kind of do want to get into how you perceived yourself as a hockey player but if you don't mind an outside perspective like this is my perspective as you as a hockey player because you're you're for people that know or don't know you i consider you to be like a big guy mm -hmm. like as far as like a hockey player big guy but you skate very like light does that make sense yeah so like you you you, you skate like you're like a like you're you're a really really good player but i'm trying to kind of define it a little bit more but like you are like surprisingly i guess i'll say like agile and quick and like smooth for being a bigger player because yeah. I, I find it impressive because I've always, sometimes you kind of always want what somebody else has, but I've always wanted to be like a bigger guy or whatever. And it's like seeing you, it's like, oh, like he gets, he, he, he does all the things, but he's bigger. <laughs> like those, those are the two things. Like that's what I wanted to do. But would you, would you kind of say that that's fair? Yeah, I'd say it's fair. Uh, but I wasn't always bigger. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was able funny. to keep some of the things I was able to do when I was, you know, six foot, 170 pounds. Yeah. Now it's a little bit heavier. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I can. Uh, but just yeah, like a bigger, fr just a bigger frame. Yeah, it's like you're just uh, yeah. Because I, I I felt like um part of the reason that I decided to go to college instead of playing juniors is that it it just like I'm still not really you know I don't have a, a huge frame to me. Mm. But it was one of those things to where like I just saw these guys going to play in juniors. I'm like, man, all these guys look like men you know what i mean and yeah. I, I wasn't quite there yet and it was one of those things i always kind of just had like a man i wish i would have been bigger uh bigger at that age but uh either way so you you kind of said that um in retrospect in retrospect you had uh um you probably should have stayed with the stars elite was there any other reason besides just um the the leagues itself um can you kind of walk us through that a little bit because I, I do think that there's um some people that kind of um, might not understand the difference between, uh, you know, AAA hockey and then certain levels of, of junior hockey mm. and kind of the difference of like, you know, um, what those two different kind of leagues look yeah. like. So the reason why I was, I said I should have stayed or I should have gone to the Stars Elite is, you know, at that time it was strictly a U18 team. Mm -hmm. um, the cost was about the same to play for both teams. Yeah. But the difference was the elite team, you know, played elite caliber teams. Yep. They would they would do exhibition games with division one teams. Right. Uh, one of the big ones they did was Colorado College and you know, teams like that, smaller division one. Um whereas, you know, I learned a lot from going to the junior side of it, but it was guys that have already played 
you know, AAA that were, you know, a year older than me. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I, I went a year early thinking if I get an extra year, I get a better shot at getting scholarships and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, you know, it, even to this day, you still see it. Like, kids thinking they have to play AAA hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say this. The lower-level junior leagues like the Western States and, you know, the Tier 3-style juniors, yeah. there's probably going to be some AAA teams and AAA leagues that are so, far superior. I yeah. hate to say it, but no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. true, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, because everyone has that, you know, mindset. They've got to play junior. Got to play junior. It's like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, juniors is fun, but, you know, if you play a high level of competitive hockey at the U18 AAA level, yeah. you, if you're good enough, you'll get noticed there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I think, no, and I think that's a really good, uh, that's a really good explanation there. And sometimes, because um, it was funny, I had uh, uh, Trevor, Trevor Hannes on uh, yeah. this past week and, that was one of the things that he was talking about is I guess when, when he made that um that leap up, part of it was just him playing against guys that were, you know, three or four, sometimes four years older than him. And yeah. it, it's one of those situations to where like, you know, it's almost like you don't get that many shots to kind of get seen. And if you want to have that be your shot, but you're four years younger, it's just, it's kind of stacking it. Now, granted, that's not to say that you can't make that leap, but the odds of guys that that can it's very you know few and far in between yeah and you know i definitely agree like i tell parents all the time like you know hey you can send your kid there yeah but there's a big gap and maybe not maybe skill level maybe maybe not size wise but you know if you're playing someone like if you're 16 you're playing someone that's 20 you're playing against a grown man yeah almost. Uh-huh. like you know that can be debilitating to somebody if you get rocked by a 20 year old mm-hmm. at center ice and it's like what am i doing here? yeah yeah, yeah. why the yeah. hell am i playing <laughs> yeah. in this league when i'm 16. well and yeah and we, we kind of got in this conversation too but it's one of those things to where it can kind of sh- it can kind of shake that confidence because it's almost like um you have you have uh people from your local area but let's say like hey they made it to this league mm-hmm. whatever league but it's like oh hey awesome but they go but you're not really keeping up to speed with them you know you yeah. kind of check every once in a while but then they come back and everybody thinks it's cool that they made it there but they don't actually know the experience that that kid had they just know him as being a good local player yep. but that that local player could have gone up and just been like what am i doing like and had i don't want to say a terrible time because sometimes you can kind of um move past that if you will that i don't want to call it a failure but if you go up thinking that you're gonna do something and you know you kind of just barely hang on and maybe you don't make that same team the next season. There's just a lot of, um, it, it just seems like it's always easy to think like, hey, the, like that's awesome that you went and played there, but that wasn't necessarily the best for that player uh, at that particular time. So it's just, it's something, because there's a lot of parents who listen to this, but it's just something that you really have to, I feel like, take into consideration. Like, And especially if you think that you can get there and maybe look a little bit better and be a little bit more prepared in a year or to, you know, take an extra year and kind of being a little bit more patient in that process. Cause I think being patient is important when you're making those decisions about where you're going to play. Yeah. And you know, and what a lot of kids need to understand is, you know, like for instance, if you're the best kid in the Mansfield area and you want to go play for a team in 
Montana, right? Other kids from other areas may be the best in their area. Yeah. And they may want to play for that same team. So even though you may be the best in one area, doesn't necessarily mean you're the best uh -huh. in your age group. And, you know, a lot of kids and, you know, fortunately a lot of parents as well have that mentality like, oh, my son's, you know, a great hockey player. It's like, yeah, he is a great hockey player. But what they don't want to hear is he's a great hockey player for this area. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I've worked with kids that, you know, have played, you know, junior hockey that didn't quite cut it out because mm -hmm. it's just a different beast. Yep. It is like solid player here, but you know, when you're dealing with kids from all over the country, you know, the Northeast, North Minnesota, Michigan, you know, even the East coast like, yep. and West coast, like it's, and it's, it's a whole different beast essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the other thing too, is that, um, you know, those elite kids from, and, and I, I will say that it's, uh, hockey is definitely growing down here and there's so, so many really, really talented hockey players down here. So I'm not taking away from that, but I think one of the biggest things is like those players up North, they're able to kind of play with other elite kids from the very get go. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just, it's it's one of those to where, you know, they kind of they're sharpening each other's skills quite a bit. And they're, they're you know, um, they're having to learn how to play within a system with other good players all the time. Whereas I do feel like sometimes, you know, um, and I'm not to call out, you know, the, the South, but there are times where kids kind of get a little bit too comfortable because they are that, you know, one. And you can even say this about rec league, but let's say, you know, there's a kid in rec league that's just you know, doing really well, super awesome. Sometimes they end up going and playing travel hockey and they're like, oh, like, it turns out I have to be able to like pass the puck, move it around, play a system. And it's like, I gotta know what edge work is. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it turns out I can't just skate it, you know. And it usually kind of happens from that, like kind of like U10 to like U12 or whatever it is to where like kids, they, they kind of break down. They're no longer playing like thirds of ice as mites. And sometimes it's just that fastest kid, you know. That, that fastest, you know, U10 kid that just gets the puck and skates it through everybody. But then everybody gets a little bit better at skating. You know, mm. it's just, it's like that uh, the needle gets moved a little bit. But um, anyway, um, so I did kind of want to get into uh, your transition as far as you kind of ending what you would call your uh, competitive career. Okay. Um, so can you kind of talk about where you're at when that happens and um, kind of how you dealt with it? So I had a pretty good injury um when i was up in canada I ended up uh being released because of my injury and i came back um played a little bit more but you know i got hurt again and kind of just you know like everybody like what am i gonna do type thing and, yeah well well sorry what what was the injury if you don't mind me asking. so i so when i came back i hurt my knee mm -hmm. again uh <laughs> and then when i was up in canada it was my hip Oh, really? Hip, well, hips of, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So, nothing like a good hip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when I came back, I was working at the mall, um, the ice rink, and, you know, doing, like, refing for them. Mm -hmm. They had in-house refing. And the guy at the time, I don't remember his name, um, asked me if I wanted to start, you know, helping with, like, the, the rookie programs and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, at 22 years old, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, a couple extra bucks a week. Yeah. Um, and from there, it just, you know, it was kind of a one of those things that it just clicks. Like, man, this is actually kind of fun. Like, 
yeah. still get to be on the ice. I get to teach the game that's giving me so much and I can give it back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, um, I did that for a couple of years and then decided it's probably time for me to go and get some sort of college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back up to school, stopped coaching, went back up to school, played another year of college hockey. Yeah. And, uh, where was this at? Uh, Robert Morris. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I did that, um, ended up just being done with it. Just like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Finished my degree, came home. Um, well, actually I, I moved to Rhode Island uh, where I started trying to get back into coaching. Really? And you know, man, if you think down here, it's such a tight knit community up here uh, yeah. in the Northeast, it is impossible. Yeah. I mean, I tried for two plus years to try to get even into the door to talk to somebody and it was. Oh, um, just about coaching? Yeah. Really? Like they, they wouldn't take anybody unless, huh. unless you knew them. Yeah. Personally, it didn't matter. Where we're at in Rhode Island is this? Uh, so I, me and my wife uh, lived in Cumberland, Rhode Island, which is just on the border of Massachusetts. And then we lived in North Providence. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I reached out to like the Providence Friars Youth Organization, uh, a whole bunch of different organizations up there. Yeah. Junior Bruin, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing. And yeah. Then, I came home and one of a, one of a friend, one of my friends was coaching at the star center. And I was like, Hey, why don't you come and do the little rookies program here yeah. and get back into it? So I did, I start, you know, my first day back, moved back and I started coaching right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I mean, it's been doing it ever since. And yeah. like, you know, occasionally you feel that kind of like, itch to play competitively again and you know for me it was like i kind of want to do it try to play competitive and then when you realize that you're you know over 30 and your yeah. body doesn't heal like it used to you're like <clears throat> you know what maybe the coaching is just gonna stay well so here's one thing though is that i feel like um i feel like i was a competitive player when i played mm-hmm. but i feel like i'm a way more competitive coach and I think that it's almost like a, like, um, I, it's different. So it, it's hard to say like, oh, I like this more than this. I think I, I think I'm, uh, I'm a better coach than I was a player. We'll put it that way. Or I think I have more to offer or I don't know. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, like sometimes, um, in the NHL, like, you know, Wayne Gretzky doesn't turn out to be that great of a coach, but then, you know, you might have some other coach that was just like a really good like third line guy that really knew the game really well and saw it really well and then i mean you could enter a handful of names in here but it's like i really felt like that's what it was i always felt like i saw the game really well i wasn't super super big and strong you know when i was growing up but i I felt like i understood the game well enough to where it's like oh okay like i really feel like the the coaching part i'm gonna enjoy this but it also takes a little bit more out of you because i feel like there's times to where when you're playing even if the team doesn't do well i think secretly you're like okay i had a good game though or i you know oh yeah and you're like okay i whereas like a coach unless everybody did what they're supposed to do and everybody had a good game you feel like you know even if you got the win what did i do wrong right yeah yeah yeah. or like what could we because sometimes you don't necessarily want um after a game 
there's times where I tell my team that like they did everything well and that there's really nothing to focus on, even though I'm focusing on some things. I just don't think that they need to at the point just because it was it was a good game. Um, but there's just I don't know, there, there, there's just times to where um, I, I, I don't know. I just want them to know at the end of the end of the day when they have a good game that they don't always need to stress, but I can't, I always stress, even if they have a good game, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that I, I, I don't, I don't let them stress out as much as I'm stressing out because that's my job is to stress out all the time. Yeah. And you know, I never had gray hairs until I started coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, believe um, it, I believe it. Yeah. No, it, it, it is. It's very, it's a very stressful profession. I guess you could say that yeah. I decided to do because, you know, like you said, I, you know, there was games where my team got absolutely blown out, and it's like, hey, I was a plus three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a great game. You yeah. guys yeah. had a bad game. Right. But as a coach, it's like, what, yeah. what is going on? Like, yeah. is, is it, yeah. my goalie is not there today? You know, yeah. no, he had 60 shots. He let mm-hmm. in eight. He had a pretty good game. Yeah. Is my D there? No, yeah. All right. What was the issue? Did we just get outplayed? Right. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of late nights looking over, you know, the game film, looking at the breakdowns of the, the goals that were scored against us. Um, mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, I don't care about what we did when we scored. Right. Because we, I already know we did something right. We scored. Right. What did we do wrong? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, when I look at film, I don't look at articles. I look at, you know, the goals that are we got, mm-hmm. uh, and because I'm such a stickler, perfection. <laughs> my poor wife has to hear me, you know, in the other room getting annoyed with it. Like what's she's going on. She's probably used to it by now, right? Is it? Do they, yeah, yeah. Do they ever get used to it? <laughs> yeah, you know, what's? <laughs> it's more of a just giving up on it, just let <laughs> let it be type thing. Yeah, um, and you know. After, you know, after games, especially, you know, games where we're either, whether it's for 14U or for UNT, if it's a far drive home, mm-hmm. she has to hear me complain if it was a bad game the whole, the yeah. whole way home. So I gotta, gotta give her some props for that. Well, the, 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 the thing that the thing is at the end of the day, you know, um, although I'm sure she's seen quite a few hockey games, I think oh, yeah. more than likely all that you're needing from her is her her ear and to be for her to be able to listen to you yeah just kind of because because the, the thing is and i feel like it's actually kind of a, a good safety spot because one thing i don't think a lot of people think about is that coaches aren't allowed to just complain about their teams to anybody yeah like, you know no, what i mean we can't like, do that. <laughs> well because because it's like you can't even do it with your assistant coach you know for the most part you really can't because then the assistant coach like oh like because the the head coach is always like a source of you know, uh, faith and like, Hey, we got this, yep. but there are those private moments where like you're with, you know, uh, a good buddy that isn't involved in the team or, you know, a significant other where you're like, Hey, let me I, tell you, something. I, I got, yeah, <laughs> like I have to, but you know, you don't have that many outlets and sometimes it's yeah. good just to have somebody, uh, to vent to. Cause I'm assuming your wife's not going to be like, well, have they regrouped in the neutral, you know, but hey, she's, she's probably there to be like, Hey, you know, you know it's, it's funny. Cause my wife, uh, she, she liked hockey before we met. And then when we met, she really got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, kind of forced her to get into it. <laughs> um, this is my life. Yeah. And, uh, so she's gained a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. of the game. So she will, you know, after a game, she'd be like, 
what was going on with your D? Why weren't right. they getting it out? Like right. high off the glass. Like, come on, that's mm-hmm. easy. And yeah. then it's like, I know. Yeah. But this is what's annoying me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That oh yeah, that was also a thing. Yeah. But thanks for reminding me yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in all honesty though, it's funny you said high and off the glass because it's like um it's one of the things I'm trying to work on with my high school team right now. But yeah. it's just like it's just like there's almost no chance, that, at least within our division, there's no chance that that's not getting out. Just get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so it's so hard to make a playoff. I mean, you literally have to snag that puck out of the air with your hand, put it yeah. down. That ain't happening. And the thing is, like, just getting stuck by just putting it on the ice, and like, I'm like, there's so many things on the ice. There's like for every person, there's a blade and like two skates and like you know your everything. Just get it up off the glass. And my yeah. biggest thing with that is timing when to do it so yeah i got kids waiting when they're you know a foot away from the person's like that's way too late <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you should make that yeah move probably you know three four feet ago like, yeah 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 but the the, uh, the, but the, but the yeah the other the other thing too is that i'm trying to get them to realize and this is kind of difficult but that like you can because this kind of has to do with chipping it off the glass but it's one of those to where like i just i want you to pass it to an area just get a puck in an area. Like, it doesn't have oh, to nice. be. It doesn't. Yeah. You just have to put it in the open ice to where, like, we're going to get it before the other team's going to get it. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of difficult to, like, have them understand that part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just certain things because they have to, like, see it. It's like, okay, do you see this open part of the ice? Like, yeah. yes, we see it. Okay. Like, and a lot of the times it you happens. You go there. It's not a forbidden but right right but, but but the thing is is like there's just there's little chips and things that can happen that they just don't see it's like literally it's just it's like you don't even have to necessarily they're, they're so worried about tape to tape passes and i'm like yeah like when you want to make a tape to tape pass it's important that you pass it tape to tape but there's a lot of times where i'm just wanting you to put it into an area that we can get the puck oh yeah like and you know i've you know I did the for one of my breakouts or um, attack zone entries is, you know, a forbidden move for the winger because I have him cutting into the center yeah. of the ice. I'm hoping he's not going to get his head taken off while the center is cutting wide. And all I want my winger to do is put in that empty space behind that defenseman. Yeah. Because I've got a couple fast little centers and it's like, listen, we run this perfect. Hold. Yeah have at it and all the momentum and all the oh yeah you're just you're gone yeah and one of one of my forwards just came up to him that that's that's dangerous oh he <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah yeah. he's like that sounds like a stupid idea yeah yeah right there. I was yeah like, i mean i understand mm-hmm. but you're gonna yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well i mean at the end of the day like if you have your head up yeah should be could be i mean because he should be able to see the play yeah and you know and that's you know ex- like at the fourteen U level, I can understand. The, yeah. Or at the high school level, you yeah. can like you know you're checking the high school level, so you may not you may be so focused on the puck and you're not paying attention to the guy back checking, mm-hmm. um, or the weak side D stepping up. Yeah. But, you know, at the college level, it's like, come on. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're good enough and old enough to mm-hmm. know that hey, the six two guy that's three hundred pounds is coming in on you and yeah. he's about to take your head off probably shouldn't make that cut <laughs> yeah 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 at, at, at the end of the day it's like you're, you're setting things up for them they still have to read the play properly so yeah. it's like you're not you're not uh literally like forcing them off a plank or anything but it's like hey like if you see this uh hey, 
let's 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 make this work. But uh, yeah, I, I I do think I do think that they're getting uh, better with it. But um, another thing too is that I'm trying to have them because we're not the we're not the best at the tape to tape. But I'm like, if you're gonna miss, just miss in front. Like you know, yeah. Like, I just I don't like the passes where where they miss behind. And these are like basic things, but that's also just kind of like what we need to get better at is just these basic things. But it's so funny, just like when you when you kind of break it down into a smaller like concept, and then you see it click. It's like, oh, thank you. Like you know, because mm-hmm. hockey. Um, I think sometimes, and I've had this conversation before with other people, but it, it makes a lot of sense to people like you and me. But I think sometimes we forget how much time we've spent around it and that some of these kids are on there you know there's kids on my high school team that have this is their second or third season of playing hockey and i think sometimes there's that you know i might get frustrated or whatever but it's like look like i've been around it a lot and it's just instead of getting frustrated if i get frustrated it's going to make my ability to communicate just that much worse but it's just i think sometimes um i forget how long it took to kind of understand the game as completely as we probably both do now. Yeah, and you know, I I had that problem as well. And you know, I sat down, and I was like, man, what is what? How can I get them to understand this? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, and you know, it's cliche and as weird as it's gonna sound, it's like, okay, we live in Texas. Yeah, everyone in Texas knows. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, you know, I talked to him. I'm like, hey, listen. If the quarterback's throwing the ball to the wide receiver, is he throwing to the, where the receiver's at? He's like, no, throwing where he's going. I'm like, no. It's the same concept. Yeah. Like if you see, you know, Blake skating down the wing, don't pass it to him at the red line if he's there. Shoot for the blue line. Mm-hmm. Go for the blue line. Yeah. Because that's where he's going to be when he gets the puck. Yeah. And, you know, that actually ended up working, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But when we go into a game, it's like, how do we do this? Yeah. It's like, yeah. The football thing. Think football. Yeah. Think football. And then they start hitting each other. It's like, no. <laughs> Throwing yeah. the pass type thing. It's like, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I find that using little things like that, that the kids are familiar with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really helps. Uh, so whether it's, you know, throwing the pass to a receiver, throw where they're going or, if you're chasing a div- if you're chasing a forward behind the net, you shouldn't be going behind the net. You should be cutting it across in front because mm-hmm. you know where he's going. Yeah, like don't follow him, meet him. But I almost feel like it's uh, it's one of those things to where, and this is like with with good hockey players, like good hockey players, or or sorry, I don't want to relate this to hockey players, but most people know that like two plus two equals four, and they know like basic mathematics, mm-hmm. but. Like, I couldn't teach a kid why two plus two is four. You know what I mean? There's better ways to do those things. So it's like, I think sometimes it's lost on people that a lot of what coaching is, is just because you know something doesn't mean that you're able to communicate it the best way. Mm -hmm. I bet most of the people listening to this probably couldn't teach basic mathematics, even though they know that two plus two equals four. Like, there's just something to... Uh, being able to break down those the smaller concepts. And I think good coaches obviously do it with drills to where it's like, this is one part of a bunch of things that you need to do. Yeah. But we're literally focusing on this one part. Like we are breaking this, like, you know, if you want to say like a breakout is five or six different things happening, we're focusing on this one part of it. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. like you're, 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 you're taking something that is, you know, complicated and making it more basic in order to, you know, have it taught easier. Yeah. And, you know, I learned a lot when I, when I coached the Warriors 18U AA team with uh, Kevin Smith and uh, Greg Snetzinger, you know, I learned a lot from them as coaches because they're more seasoned coaches and, you know, the way they broke down, you know, drills for, you know, whether it be a breakout or something, like I really learned that, that importance of, hey, don't just do a breakout. Do, you know, a passing drill to this guy with the outlet pass. Break it all down and, you know, it'll come naturally once we do the breakout for the kids. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I always ask coaches, like high-level coaches, like, you know, Kevin Colley, Boris Vincent, uh, I asked all these guys, you know, what are some drills that I can do f- to help kids, whether it's with this aspect of the game or this aspect or with the drill? Mm-hmm. Like, there's been times where I've gone uh, to Kevin Colley's office and said, hey, I've got a breakout that I want to try. And I'll show him and I'm like, where do you think it breaks down? Where's the fault in it or... Mm-hmm. Does it work or does it not work? And, you know, there's been times where he's like, you uh, kind of change it up. There's been times like, okay, you know, if you do this, it might be better. Mm-hmm. To change it up. Um, I feel, and I feel like not enough coaches do that. Co- a lot of coaches have too much pride yep. that like, oh, I know, I know everything I need. Mm-hmm. So, man, I, the more I can learn from other coaches and even my own players, yeah, the better off I'll be as a coach. And, that's, you know, I tell all my players, like, hey, if you have something that you think will work, mm-hmm. talk to me. Let's see if it does. Yeah. Um, and when it does, they never shut up about it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I feel like one of the things, and I feel like we probably have this in common, is I've done pretty much all the age groups. I think that, um, yeah. I think that I've made, I don't think I've done you, what have I not done? I think you eight, I haven't done you 18. And I haven't done U10. I think those are the only two. I think I've done everything from mites all the way up to high school with the exception of those. But I think that what makes a good coach, good coach, obviously, like if you are, uh, I want to say, um, uh, if, if if you're coaching in the professional leagues all the time, obviously, that's all you need to focus on. But what I think that makes like a really, really good coach, at least within the the younger age groups, is to be able to teach a breakout to mites, but then be able to teach a breakout to U10s, but then also be able to teach, because it's different. You're not going to teach a breakout to the U8s the same way that you're, it's like finding different ways to communicate. Because if if I, I put value in coaches that have coached every age group because they're having to figure out how to communicate different ways. and, and, And I think that that's something that is lost on some people these days is that you know the more pliable you are the better you can coach yeah no and you know what i tell you know kids all the time especially the younger kids um you know you know they're all talk about uh, jamie ben oh i want to do what jamie ben does or i want to do what sagan does or yeah miro all these guys he's like but so much they're so much better and it's like there's nothing about this game changes from you know 10 you when you start doing full ice to the pros it just gets faster yeah and skill level gets higher 
so you know i see coaches all the time having these breakouts that are so complex mm-hmm. it's like can you teach that to a 10 year old that's right. just starting to learn what a breakout is yeah there's no way you're a 10 year old is doing that there's no way a 14 year old yeah alone, your own team can barely right yeah 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 um, yeah, um, yeah so like I like the adage of uh, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tell my assistant coaches, players, I'm like, listen, nothing I do is going to be outrageously fancy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be basic stuff, but we're changing it just a little bit yeah. to where it's not noticeable. Right. Um, and I feel like coaches are getting away from that too much, and they're trying to be fancy. It's like... Well, but less but, is more. But but here, here's the thing, and I've had, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I don't think I've actually talked about this before. But I almost feel like now, and I'm maybe maybe it's always been like this, and maybe I just haven't known. But now it's almost like su- certain coaches want signature plays, so they feel more involved. They're like, "That was the signature play," or like, yeah. "We're going to structure you this way," because it's like the more I can structure you, the more I can really say like, "This is from my structure play," whereas like. I feel like my goal most of the time is to get players to understand that it's a creative game that is mostly about time and space. And I'm giving you very, very specific ideas. But at the end of the day, I want you just to be super creative. Like, I want to get you to the point where you understand, like, oh, it's just a game of time and space. And then once once kids understand that, that's when they're really like, okay, next level. Because, like, I want the kids to be creative. I don't want them to necessarily... In certain situations, I want them to do exactly what I tell them to. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. But 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 there's just more often than not, I'm trying to just get them to the point where they understand. Hey, create time and space for your teammates and support the puck, and like just good things will happen. You know. Yeah, and you know, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, you know, I have a very specific um, in the defensive zone system that I want my kids to run. Yeah. And I, and I tell them like, hey, when we get into the offensive zone. This is the structure I want. Yeah. But have fun with it. They're, right, yeah. If you see a lane, just because, you know, if it's a power play, just because we're working the overload, mm-hmm. but if that lane's there, why bother passing? Take the lane. Yeah. Take what they give you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't want to handcuff you to right. exactly what I need to do. Because like you said, like I don't think it builds the confidence. Like it's time and space. That's all. Yeah. If they give you the time and space. Yeah. Well, it, because because that's the reason that you're setting up that system. You're setting up that system in order, or at least on the offensive side of it, yeah. you're setting up that system in order to give your players the maximum amount of time and space. And so it's one of those things to where, like, okay, like, because there are certain times to where, like, coaches might make certain changes or whatever, and you want them to be able to be adaptable and to be able to be creative and not be so structured. And I feel like the... um like I call them like uh, pond hockey players, like yeah. real, just like creative players. But that's just that's come from essentially spending a lot of time out on the ice where there is no structure, yeah. and everybody's having to kind of do those things. Now, as a coach, do you want a bunch of pond hockey players? No, but yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, but, hey, if they put in four goals a game, right, 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 do whatever. But, but 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 here's the deal: if you take a, a pond hockey player and you're like, hey, this is a system I want to run. Yeah, if you see an opening, that you know what I mean. It's just like that quarterback. Yeah. A, it's like a quarterback where you have a perfect play up, but all of a sudden he sees audible. You know what I mean, or just like there's certain audibles that 
uh, I don't know, that, that I think end up really working out. But creativity at the end of the day, I just like when I see um, kids becoming more uh, creative. Mm. And, yeah. you, and, you know, like, it's almost like if, uh, I don't know about you, but I have a couple of face-off set pieces that I do in zone. Mm-hmm. And I tell my guys, like, hey, if this works out, that's going to be there. Right, like, yeah, hey, yeah. If it's not, then just go back into what we're doing. Yeah. Like, we know how you get into it. Just mm-hmm. so if it's there, take advantage of it. It's not. So, so I, I do something similar to that, but I, I just call it like an idea and I don't spend too much time on it, but I just, I'm like, this is an idea. Like, well, yeah, like it's an night because the thing is you, it's like, sometimes you just want them to see it, that mm-hmm. it's an option, but like not over harp on it. Cause then they, it kind of changes it. Like they're still trying to focus on the thing that you're trying to get them to do, but you're like, here's an idea though. Yeah. You just kind of make it like, all right, like if this doesn't happen, Here's another idea. Yeah. Like, it's not the main thing I want to happen, but, like, if you need to, you can do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and absolutely, like, uh, one of the things that I learned as a coach really early is, the, you know, depending on what level, like, the kids see something, mm-hmm. and that's why they're doing something right. the way they want. And I remember, you know, when I was with the Warriors, you know, you know, the morale was down. Mm-hmm. So the coaching staff just asked him and, you know, one of the kids stepped up and he's like, you know, we get on the bench and you guys are getting onto us for something, but you'd never ask why. No. So and I was like, you know what? That's right. And as a player, I remember, you know, if I saw a lane, I would take it. And if it collapsed really quickly, well, I didn't read that. Right. But my coach didn't see it. He just saw oh, why I didn't do what he wanted me to do. Right. So I started asking, you know, if they messed up really bad on the ice, they get to the bench. I'm like, hey, when you were in the corner, what did you see? Yeah. What What was the reasoning behind it? Like, so I can get an understand. And since I did that, I started growing more as a coach, and I started yeah. see, getting into the minds essentially of these players, yeah. which kind of tells me like okay so this is what they're strong with. Mm-hmm. so let's maybe i should add something or like a set, an idea or set play yeah like with that kind of mentality mm-hmm. for him and i group kids like that I'm like okay let's try this together with this group uh because they all have the same idea so it's like hey let's see if it works let's see if uh we can strike some fire here. well the, the the interesting thing about what you just said is that i feel like a lot of the times I'm not saying I'm not saying every time you need to be like, hey, why did you mess up? Why did you do this? <laughs> but I think a lot of times when I'm and th- I think it's just kids these days. But there's a, there's a lot of times where let's say you know a kid on my high school team messes up, comes off. I'm like, you should have done this, that, 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 that. Yeah. More often than not, the kid's gonna be like, well, but I saw, you know what I mean, or yeah. I. So it's almost just like okay, like. I can learn at least a little bit from what it is that you thought you saw, even though you were wrong. He's saying, well, this is what I was trying to do. And there is something to be learned from that because it kind of at least gets you into the, like you said, their mind and their decision-making, even if it was a poor decision. (laughs) Because there's times I'm like, usually when we're asking that question, it's a poor decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, I feel like my players know well enough because I don't, um, I don't think I do it. It's, it's not in a bad way at all. But there's just certain players that I guarantee when they come off the ice, they know there's probably about five seconds before I'm walking towards them. You, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. About. 
where it's like, yeah, we're going to have a talk here. Um, and but sometimes uh, these are just off like basic minimal mistakes. You can still improve a minimal mistake. It's like, hey, like the decision you made there was not, you know, game changing or even, you know, whatever. But if you feel like you can assist in any way, but when those kids get the big oops, it's it's they, they try and act like they don't see me. Like they literally, they see me out of their peripheral walking down the bench, but they don't turn to actually look at me. Oh yeah, uh, you know, like they they, they, they hear they, yeah. they hear the shadow coming. Yeah, that yeah, they definitely definitely hear the shadow. But I'm sure that uh, I'm probably not the only one. Oh no, <laughs> like I, I I've got a walk. To the point where like I just give them a look. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, do you? What'd you? Do? <laughs> I, I make them tell themselves what they did wrong. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, as long as you know. Well, how we're learning. Well, the the funny the funny part is it, it kind of happens off like penalties too because for a lot of these this might be their like first or second year of like checking, mm. but they're they're so often to where they get the penalty and then I walk down because more often than not I'm trying to just explain I'm not getting onto them but I'm just explaining to them why they got their penalty because more yeah. often than not they deserved it because they still I'm I'm mostly talking about like checking penalties because yeah. they're still kind of learning. But there's just times to where they're like, well, coach, I, uh, it's like, no, 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 like, you're wrong. Like, you still need to learn how to check. We're like, well, it's like, nope, that was numbers. Like, you hit them in the numbers. Yeah. Like, you, but it, it's one of no, those. No, they have numbers on the front of their jerseys as well. Right, but right. Well, and the thing is, too, smaller. the thing is, too, is that, like, I tell them, like, if there is any doubt in your mind, whether or not that is from behind, like, just don't do it. Like, if, yeah. if, if there is any doubt, like, whatsoever. Mm. Just don't even, you know, remotely do it. Yeah. But the thing is, I just, I can't seem to get them to do, like, real check, normal checks. For some reason, mm. it's always these, I don't know, little, not cheap. We're not a cheap team. I feel like I got myself in a corner here. We're not a cheap team. I just feel like some of these kids need to learn um, that they don't know what they're talking about all the time. Yeah. No, and I agree. And, you know, one thing I think is a problem with it, these kids are, on YouTube and on their phone so much looking at, you know, biggest hit. You know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, they're big hits because they're going much faster, but yep. they're not trying to hurt the guy. And I feel like, you know, a lot of kids want to have the big hit, not yep. to hurt, but right. they want to have that big hit. Yeah. Whereas all checking should be used for is to separate the puck. Mm -hmm. uh, no, yeah. Some of them are a lot harder and a lot bigger and, yeah. you know, it happens, but, you know, like, someone that does it really well in the area is Wayne Johns. Mm -hmm. um, I know you know him. A lot of people know him as well. But he is really good at separating the puck from the body. Mm -hmm. now, he doesn't blow people up. Right. But he's very smart with, you know, and he's got he's got a good hip check that hurts. Yeah. Avoid it at all costs if you can. Yeah. Um, but... He's very good at separating the puck from the body. Now, he'll get a big hit every now and then, but it's rare. Yeah, but a, a lot of that, too, is because uh, when you're talking about Wayne, uh, I mean, Wayne plays defense, so a lot of times, like, he's skating backwards if somebody else is skating forwards. Yeah. And a lot of that is just, like, anticipation. It's really just smart, too, because yeah. the thing is, like, when you're when you're separating the puck from a defender on, like, on a hip check, mm. so much of that is anticipating, like, where he is going to end up at a certain point. Yeah. And, and then matching speed and, and closing the gap. And, mm. um, but that's, uh, that's when you, that's, that's when you're looking at somebody that has played a lot of hockey. Yeah. And th those, those aren't as easy. Yeah. No, no, they're not. The hip check's a lot harder to do. Uh, but, you know, one thing I tell young defensemen, watch Miro. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't blow people up at all. Yeah. Like he, he rarely hits. Honestly, he more like, more does like a rub off. Mm -hmm. Essentially pinches him, takes the puck, gives him a little bump. Yeah. It, well, and so, and here's one thing I'm trying to get through. See, one of the reasons I use this podcast is to tell everybody what I'm trying to get my high school team to do. Yeah. But this is another <laughs> thing. But this is another thing. So, like, um, when you talk about, like, separating, uh, you know, the, the, the puck from the puck carrier, mm. one thing I'm trying to get them to understand about that process is, is that the body is connected to the arms, which is, is connected to the hands, which is holding the stick that is connected mm -hmm. to the puck. Yeah. And if you don't interfere, if you don't disrupt that in some way, because we still do the puck battles where they literally puck battle like uh, blade to blade or like stick to stick. Yeah. And it drives me nuts because <laughs> it's just like they're just whacking each other's blades. And it's like all you have to do is get like interrupt the body. Like, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. And, and we're at the point where I'm not like I'm not even telling them to like put on a body check. I'm just saying interrupt the body like if you can move that that like the the puck will end up becoming free you'll be able to get to it i promise you um but there's just something to them like needing to see it i'm not sure i'm not sure why that's one of the more difficult things to do but they just they do that thing where they go in and they try and puck battle but it's just like almost trying to like it's like a field hockey battling yeah you know, does that make sense? Nothing yeah. against field hockey, but that's what it is. It's like, let me whack your stick harder than you're whacking my yeah. stick. Yeah. And it's no, like, absolutely. well, what? Like, and I don't Which know. Which $300 stick's going to break first? Right. But it's almost just like, get by, turn it around. And what mm -hmm. I'm trying to get them to understand is that I don't want you facing that person. I want you on the inside. Like, I want mm -hmm. you, like, getting in between the puck and then whoever has the puck. Like, if you get in between the puck and whoever has it, get you, mean. You have a very good chance. See? David Heaps said, get mean. All right. Hey, uh, Heaps, we're getting close on time, so uh, we're at that point. Um, not sure if you know that this is coming or not, but this is the uh, the shout-out. All right. I don't know if you know the rules of the shout-out, nope. but the rules of the shout-out are that you have to uh, essentially say something that's positive. Um, this could be uh, a lot of people shout-out like their uh, friends or family. Um, sometimes they have like a coaching mantra or advice um it's really anything audible um that could be put out into like the universe that is positive it doesn't even have to be about hockey um but essentially it's just kind of like your hey this is uh, what i'm thankful for or this is what you know it just has to be positive okay um a few things <laughs> yeah no man, um, this is all you man don't be for the kids don't be scared to fail like you learn more from your failures, successes. No, yeah. um, you know, as a player, coach, and everything, and you know, for the parents, don't, don't uh, try to prevent your kid from fail. Like that's you know, that just hinders them. And you know, if your kid's getting benched, kid's missing his shift, like, you know, understand why it is. Like let, you know, let the coach do what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the coaches care about the success of the kids, whether the parents want to believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do. We, we really care about them. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun game. It goes by quick. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good shout out. And um, Heaps, if I'm going to be honest with you, that's something that's really been heavy on my heart this week. Um, mm -hmm. 
just you know it, it's not always uh and it's not even it's not even benching but every once in a while kids got to miss a shift uh yeah and, and it doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't mean that he's done anything wrong uh sometimes it's uh and here's something that i don't even know if uh, parents are aware of but there's something called matching lines where you're actually you have a, a strategy about what line you're going to put out yeah. there next as opposed to well, you know who that other coach is is putting out. Yeah. Like, there's uh, there's a lot of things that that come in into play there. And one thing I'll piggyback on that, and this is not going to be my shout out, but if your kid is missing a shift, have the kid come and talk to the coach. I don't mm-hmm. personally believe that you need to go and talk to the coach. Now, depending on what age group this is, yeah, you know, the, I should preface it with that. Um, but at the end of the day, if uh, I'm talking about high school hockey heaps, you're talking about college hockey. At that point, let's uh let's put it on the players if if they want to know why yeah. they can come and uh, and most it out. players will they'll come and ask like hey yeah. you know, what can I do yeah to get more shifts or what you know I know I messed up here what and you know, and you know and that's you know that's what I respect about you know my a lot of my players is if they know they messed up they'll come and they'll apologize like hey yeah that's on me I messed up you know or hey I'm trying to get better you know what can I work on stuff like. Like, um, as coaches, you know, as like you said, matching lines, like there's a lot of little things that yeah. people don't realize that go into it. And, you know, it's, that's why you, you see a lot of coaches, you know, they have their paper out and they're, they're looking through their roster, seeing, you know, what line combinations they can work for something else. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things going on and we don't have much time to make the decision. So, yeah, well, I, uh, I completely agree. Um. Well, heaps. Uh, is this? Uh, did you get all your shout outs? You got any other shout outs? You good? Shout out to the uh, UNT men's hockey team. There you go. Uh, if anyone's out there that's wanted to uh, sponsor us for next year, we'll be more than happy to uh, sit down and talk to you. Um, you know, we got a few things going next year that we're excited about. We're getting uh, our own room in Valley. Oh, uh, there you go. Oh yeah, and the boys' a little. Little nest egg there, uh, and we got a couple big road trips next year that we're looking to go to uh, Florida Gulf Coast, which is one of the top teams, uh, one of the top fifteen teams in the nation right now, and yep. we're going over there next year and looking for sponsors to help us grow. Really, um, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, um, well, heaps. I wish you and the boys all the best of luck. Um, I'm really happy that you came on the show. Thanks for having me. It was nice. Uh, this was, um, I kind of felt like it was good just to have one at the apartment again. I've been on the road the past, like, I don't know. I've just been on the road the past. And I do like, um, I do like going and meeting with people and doing yeah. the podcast on the road, but it's just sometimes it's nice to be able to do it from home. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate kind of being, being able to have uh, one like this. But uh, anyway, I guess it is time for my shout out. And um, my shout out is going to be for. Um, and I think that I can go ahead. I think I'm going to go ahead and say this because I don't think that uh, I don't think it's a secret at this point. But uh, um, my my boss, the general manager, the Mansfield Star Center, Brian Lee, um, he is going to be moving. He accepted uh, a new job um, up for uh, Penn State. who will be working with the Division One uh, hockey program up there. And uh, my shout out wow. is definitely uh, for him. <clears throat> um, I have a lot of pride when it comes to uh, what I know about hockey and what I know about ice rinks. And um, I've also, I always know that there's more to learn 
And if there's one person that I will say knows more than me and somebody that I've learned a whole lot from uh, has been Brian Lee. Um, a lot of people reach out and be like, hey, what do you think? And I've uh, responded the same way. I am very sad personally, uh, but also very happy for him. Um, he's a little bit closer to family. Um, and, you know, it's an opportunity to work with a Division One hockey program. Um, but anyway, like he... Um, he has been like one of uh, my favorite bosses that I, I think I've ever had. Um, I consider him to be a good friend. I know a lot of people in the Mansfield hockey community uh, will miss him very much. Um, and he's just, uh, and when I say this, I, I really mean this in the highest regard, but um, he's a rink person and he's a hockey person. And I think that if anybody has had conversations with him, you know that uh He's a, I call these lifers. He's a lifer. He's a hockey guy. He's a yeah, rink he guy. He's just, that's what he does. He's going to be in rinks and around hockey for, uh, I don't know. I'm going to call it now. He's going to be, he's going to be around those things for a long time. But uh, anyway, um, I'm going to miss him very much. Um, trying to get on the ice with him. Heaps, we got to hit a Friday afternoon pickup. Yeah, uh, let's do it. We, we need to do it because that's, uh, that's going to be, he's only going to be on the ice two more times in, in the playing capacity. So heaps, if the weather permits, yeah. uh, you, you should come out Friday afternoon. Uh, we'll get a good skate in. And uh, but anyway, so yeah, my shout out was for Brian Lee. Um, he was a guest on the show. I want to say that he was like episode like I don't know. It was the teens. It was early. Um, but if anybody wants to go check that out, I guess that's just a shameless plug. But uh, anyway, I said a bunch of nice things about Brian Lee, and uh, I know that he's not going to appreciate any of them. Uh, because yeah, he's not that type of guy, but, uh, if anything, maybe I'm just doing this to bother him a little bit, but, uh, anyway, uh, appreciate him and appreciate you, David. Thank you. All right. Well, Hey, uh, here, I'm going to go ahead and do the Matt Taylor list. Uh, these are all the places that you can check us out. First of all, check us out on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. That's faceoffspotpodcast.com. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on iTunes. Uh, we are also on Instagram, Facebook. Um, there's tons of places that you can follow us. And let's see, Rubes Bruce. You can check them out on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, one more time, thank you, Brian Lee. One more time, thank you, David Heaps. We have episodes coming out every Thursday, and uh, we appreciate everybody. All right, later, guys. 